Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. Hey, it's so good to have Josh here and sure appreciate the weather he brought us. So I'll have to rethink that one next time we hire somebody. So no, uh, uh, hey, for those of you joining online or, or, watch, or listening on KBay, I uh, just want to say, uh, thanks for, for joining us. And for those here, uh, just so you know, Jesus said rewards in heaven being added to you right now. So uh, we made it. We survived it. And uh, uh, I just want to ask, before I get into the message today, to continue to pray for uh, all of those that, that do stuff to keep us safe and with electricity. Uh, both of our, you know, our leaders, uh, Damon back there and the different ones who kind of head our, our county and then uh, Daniel who works a power grid. Where's Daniel? I don't know where Daniel's somewhere. Yeah, uh, making the power grid happen. And if it doesn't happen, we'll blame you and, uh, and love you. Uh, and then uh, all the emergency services people that, that do stuff, just keep, keep praying for them. Uh, let's let's pray that there are there are no fatalities during whatever it is we walk through uh, in the next uh, few days and uh, and just keep them in prayer and then pray for those that that have less than uh, as far as heat and and uh, uh, shelters and different things uh, you know we want to we want to be very mindful to to make sure they get uh, a warm meal and a, and a warm bed and a roof over their head during this time um, so I'm going to pray and then we're going to get into this radical simplicity and. Uh, Today we're going to be looking at, as we look at radical simplicity, we're going to look at a faith that points to Jesus. Just that, that he doesn't make it hard for us, and he doesn't ask more of us than, than we can do. He just, he says, here, live this out and then watch what I do with your faithful lives. And it always points to him. Number one, he gets the glory in it because we can't. We can't do it. Uh, he gets the glory. But then uh, more than that, it just shows our absolute need and reliance uh, on him. Uh, need of him and reliance on him, and and that that truly w- with with God anything's possible. Uh, even this this fragile jar of clay here uh, can do amazing things because of the God that I serve. So let's pray and turn this time over to the Lord, Father. I thank you for your your love for us, your heart towards us, your your grace that you pour out over us, and your mercy that you've shown us. I thank you that it, you made it. So easy for us by taking the hard part uh, of redemption. Jesus, you, you went to the cross. You endured all that. We sang about, about your power and, uh, and how, how we were called out of the grave of our own lives because of what you did on the cross. It was not easy for you, but you made it easy for us. And then, Holy Spirit, you move in. We get the living God dwelling in us as salvation to know how to live this this. Uh, this life that's challenging around us, but, but simple in following you. So help us today, and I pray that we would worship you with our responses and in spirit and truth today. In your name I pray, amen. Well, actually, uh, I've actually told the preacher today to talk a little less uh, so we can worship a little more at the end. So uh, uh, you can throw stuff at me if it's like 11.05 or something, because uh, we're going to have a couple songs of worship at the end and a time at the, the altar. And even if you're at home, you're listening, you're watching, I encourage you to, to worship the Lord with reckless abandon today and just open up your lives. And if you need to create some kind of an altar wherever you're watching uh, for the worship time, I encourage you to, to make an altar happen just that you can jo- just go and present yourselves um, to Jesus uh, today. So we got a couple songs at the end. Uh, I want to start off by telling a, a story. Uh, a number of years ago, I think it was 2000 and 
2009, maybe I was in Sri Lanka, and, and I've told the story about going to northern Sri Lanka before. It's quite a bit different than, than the southern part in that it was uh, war-torn for 27 years and just a lot of Muslim terrorism that caused civil war. Uh, and, and I'd been there before during the Civil War, and then this time I went back after the Civil War had ended, and it was just pretty, it was just broken everywhere. And, and I remember going to this church that we had a connection with, and it's a church of about 25 people, open air, had a cover on, on the building, and then uh, no chairs, just concrete floor and no walls, uh, and you just gather there as a fishing village, so you always had a good little breeze coming little salty air, sometimes stinky fishy air, but, you know, always had some air going so the bugs couldn't land on you. That was the benefit of it. Um, and this particular night, uh, we were there. There were about 150 people showed up for the, for the service to the point where they were all out. No electricity, so uh, you couldn't quite see where it ended, but you knew they were there, and, and, and they figured probably almost everybody there was unsaved. Uh, they'd heard a bunch of Americans were there, and you kind of draw a crowd when you're an American in, in a Civil War-torn area. Um, and, and they asked me to share, and so I really felt the leading of the Holy Spirit to, to talk about this, this life uh, in Christ, this gift he offers in Romans chapter 10, this good news for all. I remember I titled it that, knowing there'd be a lot of unsaved people there. And, you know, it's dark as night, there's no electricity the wind's blowing real hard. I got my iPad because that's the only thing I could see. Uh, so fortunately, I had an iPad so I could see it. Uh, went through the, the, the whole thing. It was really short, and I gave a salvation call. And I really felt like the Holy Spirit was just like moving and grooving. We had a great time of worship. Even the unsaved people were singing. And I gave a salvation call, and it's like crickets. And, and, and in northern Sri Lanka, there actually are a lot of crickets. So they, uh, they made noise, and no one else did. And I'm like... Okay, and it's being translated into two languages, Sinhalese and then Tamil, so I'm like, maybe there's something lost in translation, so I, I gave a quick, simpler salvation call, and everybody's just staring at you, and, and I remember standing there, and it felt like 30 minutes, but it's probably 30 seconds, and I'm like, oh no, I don't know what to do. I guess we just go into a song, and, and I'm just, I'm baffled, because I really felt like, like, like everyone's going to get saved, not because of me, but because of Jesus. And, and then I felt like the Holy Spirit just said, there's one here. There's one here. And I'm like, just one? One? There's Muslims out there, you know? I, I'm like, there's terrorists out there, that, or former terrorists. I don't know what, how that changes. But they were there. And then one, one lady in her mid-30s walks up, and she goes over to the side, and there's some church leaders and a friend of mine from Alaska and, and, some, and, and his wife, and some other people are praying with her. And she just looks like she's just broken and undone. It was pretty cool salvation time. Um, and, and I remember them coming after, afterwards. We kind of, we ended with some songs and people sang. And then people got some prayer for, you know, a cousin or a friend or fishing uh, that needed to be done. You know, just things, but not like things, you know. And, uh, and I was kind of like, golly, like it was on me. But, you know, because, you know, you still have flesh in you. And, and they came and they said, hey, you've got to tell you the story. Just so you know, her, her husband is basically kind of the, the go-between between the, uh, the, the, the gangs and the, and the terrorists, the Muslim terrorists, when they're extorting money from farmers. He's like the thug that, that does that. He like takes care of getting the money or making sure people remember they owe money. Uh, and so she came that night and she got radically saved. She's Muslim. 
And, and, and they asked her, they said, why, why did you come forward? What is it? What, what drew you forward? And, and she said, basically, he said, you just make a simple cry and there's this, there's this creator that won't ever let you down. And she went through Romans 10. As I read most of the chapter, but Rome, uh, verses 11 through 13 really stood out to her. And she said, she said you just believe it in your heart. And then, and then you speak it out. And then Jesus doesn't disappoint you. And, and if we need help, he helps. And she said, everything in life is complicated except this Jesus you offered. And that was pretty cool. The rest of the story, if Paul Harvey were to tell it, would be she went home and led her husband to the Lord. And now they pastor four churches in northern Sri Lanka. And my friends that prayed with them bought them. They used to walk to these four churches. They were, each church was about a day's walk. So they would, they would, they would spread out. And they'd each take basically two churches and they'd take like three days of each church and they'd come home and that's how they lived their lives because they had to walk so far. So my friends bought them motorcycles so they could get to each church easily and, and raise their seven kids that they had that they all led to the Lord. And, and, and so sometimes we overcomplicate the things that Jesus tells us. It's simple, but then we're like, well, the simple's not working. You got to save 125 that are out there lost. And he's like... But I'm going to save one, and then she's going to save one plus seven, plus I'm going to give her four churches, and I'm going to give him four churches. And now they have a ministry in northern Sri Lanka amongst the Muslim terrorists that no one else had inroads to. It's just this simple life of faith we live out that can be complicated around us, but not in Jesus. Jesus never made it difficult for us. He, he did the hard part. And he offers salvation as this free gift to us. It's a gift given. And when, when a gift is given to us, it's not difficult. People go and do whatever they need to do to get that gift and wrap that gift and think about you. And all the, all the, all the thinking and the doing goes into the, the person getting the gift. When it's given, the person that gets it, it's like rip, rip, open. And that's, we do the simple part. We rip, rip, and we open, and it's ours. Jesus did the hard part. So we simply call out, and he saves. And then we live out a life of faith in Jesus, which is what this series is all about, this radical faith like Jesus. It's all about us just doing the life we're called to live in the gospel, and it looks radical because the world around us has so many rules and hatreds and, and, and bizarre things. And if we live a simple faith of life in Jesus... It looks radical because it is. And we can complicate things so insanely, can't we? Like we add so much. We add rules. We have these steps that are unnecessary. We're, we're so religious at times. Uh, legalism, just, you know, legalism that's outside of the church is, I don't know, it's just, it's just people, you know, having to-do lists. But inside the church, it's just so constricting. And it's not that we don't do certain things, and it's not that, that I don't read my Bible, and it's not that I don't follow what Jesus asks, but legalism says I'm bound to legalism, that I'm, that I'm bound to doing the right thing, or he's going to cast me out. But we simply call out. And when it comes down to it, that's a life of simple faith. And Jesus just says, you just give me what you've got. And so we're telling stories today. It's basically a bunch of Jesus stories and one story from the Old Testament and then we're going to present to God what we have or, or, or what we need to give to Him and, and that's going to be today's worship.
So in, um, in Acts chapter, chapter 3, there's this, there's this amazing story where Peter and John are, are going to the temple to pray, and you've probably heard this story, and the, there's a beggar that, uh, we, we read the story, and this beggar comes, and every day he just lays there on a mat, and he begs for money or food or whatever he begs for to, to be sustained by. And, and I love this story because it's, it's just about simple gifts being given to him. But we see how amazing they are. So he's begging, and, and basically... Peter's like, we can't help your temporary need. It's not that it's not real. A guy can't walk. So it's not like it's like, well, whatever. It's not a big deal. Well, it's, but it's still temporary. He's looking for food or for money to buy food or, or whatever it is. And Peter said, I can't help your temporary need, but, but I do have this. And I'm going to pick up the story in, uh, in verse, let's see. Oh, we'll start in verse 1. It says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in prayer service they approached the temple, and a lame man from birth was being carried in, so they put him on his mat. Every day he sat there at the temple gate. It was called the beautiful gate, which ended up being really beautiful for him that day. So he could beg from people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. And the guy looks at him, this lame man looks at him, he's like, oh, good, they're going to give me something. Listen to what, I, I would love to know, like an interview afterwards, how that guy felt going into this, verse 6. It says, but Peter said, as he's looking at him expecting money, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Peter takes the lame man by the right hand, helps him up, and as he did, his feet and ankles immediately are healed, and he begins to walk, and then it says that, that he's strengthened, he jumps up, he, he, he begins to, to leap around praising God, he goes into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and, and heard him praising God, and when they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. He didn't need to, but he was so excited because of everything that he just wanted to hold on to them. They... They didn't have any money. So they said, well, here, here's what I do have. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this. I'm going to love you where you are and care for you. I'm going to contend for your, your healing. And I don't know if Peter knew or if he was like, okay, Lord, we'll see what you do. I don't, we don't know that part of the story. But he did say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he, and he stepped into that. Now, he did something simple, but it wasn't easy, right? I mean, God had to heal a man whose feet and ankles and legs just didn't work. God did the hard part. Peter did his part. In Luke chapter 18, we read a, a, a story. Jesus tells a story, a parable about a, a simple prayer. He, he, he says, hey, it, he compares two different guys, a religious Pharisee and then a tax collector very despised by his own people. And this Pharisee prays this pompous prayer. And then Jesus says, this, here's this tax collector and, and he's broken He's, he's got a contrite heart. He's, he's grateful for God's mercy. He says, thank you for being merciful and a sinner like me. And he says, God, in your mercy and because of your mercy, please forgive me. And then Jesus says, this man, not the pompous, arrogant, finger-pointing, belittling man, this man was made right before God that day. 
A simple prayer. And that's what, really at the end of the service today, one of the, one of the main things I want us to do is just, we don't have to have $10 words or seminary degree, seminary degree prayers. I can't even say it, so I would say and that there's nothing wrong with $10 words, except they might be wrong. Uh, there's nothing wrong with seminary degree prayers, except you may get lost in the prayer. But just this simple prayer. I, I know that Jesus was telling a story, a parable that he, that he made up, but it was probably something that played out thousands of times uh, over the years. Lord, I'm, I'm a, I, got, I got issues. Thank you for loving me. Forgive me. You're a merciful God. We complicate things so much and, and we're called to live radical simplicity. In Luke chapter 21, we read this, uh, this story of uh, what we call the, the widow's coins or the widow's mites. Bless you. That was, that was a good one. In Luke 21, this, this, uh, this widow's there and she has two coins. All she's got. All she's got. The equivalent of, I don't know, two cents or maybe two nickels. It's all she's got, nothing left. And she, she drops it in the offering basket. Jesus is watching. Jeremy preached on it a few weeks ago. He alluded to the story. Uh, and Jesus is watching. And she gives all she's got. When we read this story, it's a very simple story. She gave everything. Radical simplicity. Hey, I don't have to worry about what, what I have anymore. You get it all, Jesus. I mean, that's a radical, simple way to live. That's a faith that points to Jesus. In the story, we see that she just gave God everything and she trusted in his character and in his nature to take care of her. That's actually what God asked of Gideon uh, thousands of years earlier in, in, in the book of Judges. When, when the world all around Gideon was frightening and they didn't know what to do and, and it was crazy, God asked Gideon, just give me what you've got and don't worry about what you don't. The cool thing about this story with this lady is that she didn't have to be convinced. Jesus celebrates this widow here because she just gave out of knowing I need to give. Gideon, you know, like, like a lot of us, uh, he needed some convincing, he needed some reassurance, he needed some gracious arm twisting, he needed some help to, to step into this this giving moment of his life. And if you, if you look at uh, Judges chapter 6, you read the, the story of when Gideon gets called. Um, in, in Judges 6, starting in verse 11, it says, The angel of the Lord came and he sat next to Gideon, who was, on, who was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. So they're, they're being overrun by the bad guys and everything's being stolen. So he goes and hides in a wine press to do his wheat so he can have bread. And he, and he hides in there and he's trying to be as quiet as possible and, and nobody's really leading and they're just getting you know, beat down all over the place. And so an angel of the Lord goes and sits underneath this tree and is like, yo, Gideon. I mean, that's basically what we get here. It says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Mighty hero at the bottom of the wine press. Hey, you. Yeah, I know. I see you. You're covered in wheat. You glued wheat all over your head. You're there. You know, he's like, He's trying to be camo. And the angel's like, I see you, mighty hero. So if you're hiding and you're scared to death and, and you're being as quiet as possible and an angel from heaven says, mighty hero, what are you going to think? 
you got the wrong zip code. That's what you're going to think, right? Sir, Gideon replied, and this is where real life happens, and Jesus is okay with us asking these questions. Sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Hey, if, if God really is with us, why has 2020, right? <laughs> why is there so much hatred and, and anger and frustration and, and confusion and wonder about what, what's going to happen moving forward into 2021? Why, why? If the Lord really is with us, why? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? Then the Lord turned to him. So there's an angel of the Lord, and then there's Jesus. And Jesus turns to him and says, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I'm sending you. Why, why, why is this, this, this happening? The answer wasn't to answer the question. The answer was, go in the strength you have. Because I'm the one that's choosing who goes. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. And I'm the least in my entire family. I am the weakest of the weak of the weak. Like, there's a triple weak factor here. And I'm at the bottom of the wine press, right? And the Lord said to him, I'll be with you. That's how. I'll be with you. And you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. He's probably thinking, I don't think I can fight against one man. <laughs> right? He's still there. It's not about you. It's not about what you've got or what you lack. It's not about me and my abilities or my inabilities. It's about who you follow. It's about who you seek for direction. And it's about what you do with what he says. See, it's about the Lord here, not Gideon. It's about the Lord's strength, not Gideon's. And it's about Gideon choosing to do this or not. That's the life of a disciple. That's a life of faith. We... It's all about Jesus. He's the one that gives us the strength. It's less of me, more of him. It's in Christ, uh, all things are possible. With me, they're not. But then it's also about me saying, okay, I will. I will go there. I will talk to that God. I will give this amount. I will serve people. I will. I will. I will. Because it's not about me. It's about you, Jesus. It's about doing what you can do and then watching God move. That's the story of Gideon. He never became, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He, he never became Braveheart or Gladiator. The biggest thing we ever see him do is tell people to, you know, break a bunch of clay pots. I mean, <laughs> he did what he could do and Jesus did the rest through a man who, who moved forward. That's why I love the, the missions conference, Unstoppable, that's coming up next week. It's just about men and women who said yes. They're not the saviors of the world. They're not going to save Russia or, or save Peru or, or, or save Mexico or, you know, or save Haiti. They're not going to save Ecuador. They're not going to save all these other nations. 
God is. They're just people, men and women who said, yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll go. Yes, I'll be here. And we get to partner with them. It's about unstoppable God, not unstoppable brilliant mission plan. God says, do this, and I'll do whatever I have planned to do, but I need you to be my vessel. Oh, but I, I, here's my lists of reasons why I can't. The men and women that, that we're, we support and that are going to be here for the Unstoppable Missions Conference, they just said, we'll go and we'll meet them where they are. We'll meet them where you lead us to meet them, God. That's the point of the Unstoppable Missions Conference, and we get to play a part in it. Even locally, the Crisis Network. Could, Angie, could you have fed, I don't know, 150,000 meals and built 75 houses? From the flood? No. You do your part though, right? You do your part. And then who gets the glory? Angie? Jesus! It's 14 plus churches coming together with hundreds of volunteers saying we're going to feed and we're going to rebuild flooded houses. That's what we're going to do. And you know what? There's homeless situations out here, so now we're going to jump into the, the whole homeless situation. It is impossible for us to figure out what to do, so we follow God. Weekday ministries, cultivate relationships, the, the ramp project, whatever the local ones are, it's not one person going, I got this. It's, it's people saying, I'll do what I can do. I can swing a hammer. I can carry boards. I can minister to broken hearts. I can provide uh, meals for, for kids who don't have meals, snacks for kids who don't have snacks, clothes for kids who go in tattered clothes. That's the missions aspect that we live out locally and globally. Our lives should be but an offering to God. This simple offering that we read about really in John, John chapter 6. It's one of my favorite stories about the fishes and the loaves. And in that story, a lot of us have heard the story. Most of us probably know it. The, the crowd has gathered. Jesus is teaching them. He's done some amazing things. He just has basically, there's probably ten to 15,000 people there. And they've been there listening to Jesus all day. And, and, and they're like, hey, we either got to send them home so they can eat, or we got to feed them, but you know we can't feed them, so then we got to send them home. Basically, that's, that's what his disciples came and told Jesus. And Jesus is like, well, you figure out what to do. Now, he knew what he was going to do, so he just kind of gave them that. And then he's like, hey, Dad, watch this. You know, and I don't know if he did that or not, but that's always what I think. But he says, you, you figure out what to do. Go, go gather the food that's out there. And he's like, well, these people came for like a one-hour service, and they've been here all day now, uh, and they're hungry. And, and the kids are getting hangry, you know, and it's like, oh, what are we going to do? So we pick it up in, in verse 7 here. They found, they, they went out looking, and it says, Philip replied to Jesus, even if we worked for a, a whole year, we couldn't afford the food to feed uh, 15,000 people. That's what he says in verse 7. We don't have enough money. And then Andrew, Peter's brother, spoke up. <laughs> I love this. He's like, here's what... It's just like in, in, in two sentences, he goes from like cold or hot to cold. He says, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that? <laughs> so he's like, I found someone, but it's not going to help us at all. I mean, Jesus has got to be like, why did you even say anything? You know, but... He says, what good is that with this crowd? And then Jesus goes into this teacher mode. And his lesson is this. 
the power of radical simplicity. He teaches him. He's like, have more sinew. And he takes... Now, when they say five barley loaves, it's basically like five crackers, right? Because it's the, fit, the two fish and the five loaves of bread are a snack for your middle school or in-between meals. That's all it was. It ain't going to hold over long. Even this boy, he brought it for like a, you know, a mid-morning snack. And, and, and what's so cool is he's like, I haven't eaten yet, but they said you need something, and I'm the only one with something. Everybody else probably already ate their snack. He hadn't eaten it yet. And we see that Jesus takes care of every person, right? He prays and thanks God for it. I can't imagine what the little boy, he, I would hope that he was just standing there just watching it all unfold, front row, right next to Jesus, side by side, watching it take place. Jesus feeds everyone, just starts sending them out, make them sit down. They feed, they feed until they're totally full. And then he says, hey, we got to get the leftovers. And the disciples go and they get 12 baskets of leftovers. Jesus takes care of every need that's there and then has more to give. That's the God we serve. He cares for everything in our life, but He's still the how much more God. He still does more than, than even we could ever ask or think of Him uh, for Him to do. That's what I love about, about that passage. He does more than we could ask or think to pray. So pray big. Dream big. Don't dream little. Dream big because He says... In the confines of following me, and if your prayers line up with me, I'll do more than you can say. So every amazing thing you ask for, he's like, got that, give you one more. That's the nature of the God we follow. The one who redeemed us and beat sin and death at the cross and then offers us eternal life. So my question is this for us. What are you going to give to Jesus today? Radical? Simplicity. What are you going to give to Jesus? Maybe it's like the guy praying, here, here I am, forgive me. I, I need you to forgive me and I, need to, I, I just want to believe it that I'm forgiven. Maybe it's like the widow and you're like, here's what I've got. I, I'm not going to hoard. I'm not going to hold on. I'm going to trust you in this. Maybe just like that Romans passage you need to just, you're watching online, you're listening on the radio, you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus and you need to respond to that, that radical simplicity of salvation where Jesus says, call out to me and I will help you. Everyone who cries out to me will be saved. Believe it in here, speak it with this and you'll be saved. That's salvation. You don't do anything but say yes. Discipleship, we follow a Lord, a King. He's the one that that leads our way and we follow it. You know, we have scripture that we can read and follow. We have good people. We're part of a family. We're part of a community. That, that's, that's discipleship and there's, there's, there's more to it. It's not difficult. He makes it simple. You know, we have the world around us and our flesh and all that. We gotta, you know, he's got to work potter's wheel stuff. But, but he just says, follow. I, I've given you a way and I've given you great people, so follow. But the simplest is salvation. Jesus, you said... If I believe it in my heart, if I speak it out with my mouth, that you'll save me, and I want you. So maybe that's your, your offering to him today, what you're going to give to Jesus. Maybe what you're going to give to Jesus is yourself. I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm weak. We're weak. This whole area is weak. But if you say to go and that you'll go with me, I'll go. There's no way I can do this on my own. So if you're not leading me, I'm going to tank. I'm going to fall flat on my face very quickly. 
But because you're saying step into this, I will. I mean, Gideon became, you know, a, a historical famous leader of Israel. A weak guy once hiding out in a wine press became that because he simply said, I'll go. I'll do that. Maybe that's what you offer Jesus. I think the thing that, that hits me the most when I think of radical simplicity is that story of fishes and loaves. This little boy that comes and says, this is what I've got. You take it. Here's my abilities. You take them. Here's my, here's my skill set. You take them. I told this story in one of the daily words that I did this last week, but, but I remember when our church in San Antonio, we would gather right before church, and it was the worship team and the tech team, and I would, would gather in an old circle, and, and our worship leader, every single Sunday for two years, his prayer was always this, God, we just bring you our fishes and loves, and we trust you with it. And it just struck me. I'm like, that's all, really, that's all we're really asked to do. We just bring to him what we have, because you can't give him more than you have. You don't have it to give. You can't do more than you can do. It's impossible. So you give him what you have and then he does the impossible. Fishes and loaves. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. I'm going to pray. I'm going to have a, a prayer of radical simplicity today. And I'm going to ask that you just decide what it is you want to present to Jesus. And and no one's going to check and make sure you've done this, but when you know what you're going to present to Jesus or what you're asking Him to help you present to Jesus or, or what, you're, what you're offering to step into, that you would just come to this place where, during this prayer, that you would just do this. I don't know if the little boy had loaves in one hand and fish in another, if he just cupped it together, but that we would just today just go, here, Jesus, here's my fishes and loaves. Now, I've been praying about this all week for myself, so I've kind of had a seven-day head start on you. Uh, and I've been rattling around some things, and, and there's one thing that I really felt the Lord said, that, that's what I want you to present to me. I'm like, well, but these seven things are easier. <laughs> and he's like, Scott, you asked. You asked me what you're to present to me. Do you want to do that, or do you want to do your own? And I'm like, well, I can't answer the other way, right? But, I, but like Gideon, I found myself going, but I, but I, And then I said, can you help me to present that to you? And he said, that's what I do. I'm a dad. I help my kids do what I need them to do. I will always empower you through the power of my Holy Spirit to do anything I ask of you. And you need me. If you could do it in your own power, Scott, it'd be just Scott. If you can't do it, and I empower you through the Holy Spirit, then I get all the glory and it proves one more time it's all about me. And I'm like, yes, Jesus, it is all about you. So I'm going to pray. And maybe you know right now what you need to present to God. Maybe it's radical generosity. Maybe you need to serve and, and, and volunteer on a team. Maybe you need to, to step into supporting a missionary. Maybe it's, it's just I need to commit to sharing the gospel with these loved ones in my life. I'm scared to share it with them because of what they're going to think of me. But whatever it is that you need to present to them, present your fishes and loaves. And let's see what God does with lives fully presented to Him. And when I say amen, we're going to go into a, a song of, of real worship, and then we're going to end with a song of praise after that. But I encourage you to come to the altar if you need to. Come and just lay something down, 
offer something. An, an altar is meant to be a place of offering. Fishes and loaves is an offering to God. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for, I thank you for your commitment to us. You're so good. You're so good. You're for us. You're for us. God, you're for us. Some people in this room need to hear that you're for him. You're for her. You're for your son. You're for your daughter. You're for us. And when you are for us, none can stand up and defeat us. No scheme of the enemy. No, 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 no attack of, of health or, or attack on relationships or uh, attack on our mind. None of that can defeat us because the enemy has no power over us when you're for us. Who can stand against us? None. The God of angel armies is for us. Not because you have to, but because you've adopted us. We're sons and daughters. So right now, God, we, we come and we, we each present our fishes and loaves. That which we have that we could use for the moment and hold on to, or that which we can give to you and say, here, here's what I've got. Here's my life. Here's my generosity. Here's my time. Here's my compassionate heart for people. Here's my service. Lord, here's the keys to the things that I've been holding back on. Uh, I want you to be the Lord of my entire life and not just part of it. I give you all the keys. Here, here's my fishes and loaves, Jesus. Would you take them? And then would you use them to bless others and minister and get the glory and then even have more left over? Lord, I, with anticipation, I present them to you because I'm excited to see what you're going to do in me and through me and from me. And then I'm excited to see what's left over after you've done all those things because you're the God of more. I want to have a faith that points to you, Jesus. I want my life to be lived in a way that says, that says, that person, that person lives for Jesus because of Jesus and only Jesus. I want that to be what's said about me. If anything's said about me, may it be he, he acts like Jesus. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for calling us into your mission to love this world around us. And now, we just give that to you in a, in a song of worship. Would you minister to our hearts? In your name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full-service replays, visit our media page on hcfburnit.org and follow us on social media. God bless and have a great week.